Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, sexual harassment and the Me Too social media campaign, Minsure open enrollment, and a view from up north. But first, Governor Dayton this week signed an agreement with the federal government on the state's reinsurance program, which officials estimate will hold health insurance premiums roughly level in 2018 for those buying through Minsure or elsewhere on the individual market. Jim Showalter with the Minnesota Council of Health Plans is pleased. We were all concerned that we could see another year of increased premiums. Without the reinsurance that the governor signed today, we would have expected rates to be about 20% higher. Although the federal government allowed Minnesota to use reinsurance money to hold down health insurance premium increases, it also plans to reduce subsidies for Minnesota CARE, the state-run health insurance program for low-income Minnesotans. There are developments on that front this week also, and MNN's Bill Werner is here with more. Scott, the governor said this week that even with planned cuts in federal subsidies, funding for Minnesota care should be sufficient through calendar years 2018 and 2019. I can't say definitively because, as we learned in Washington, anything can change at any 3 a.m. But it's uh, what stands for now. And uh, us, Congress, uh, and or the president act to further savage the Affordable Care Act, which is certainly in the realm of possibility, then this should be, uh, our funding should be sufficient. Dayton reiterated, quote, as things stand today, we have the capacity to operate Minnesota Care through calendar 2018 and 2019. But I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen in Washington. And uh, they've you know, now twice savaged the funding we're receiving, the basic health plan and then the... Uh, CSR, uh, the uh, the insurance, uh, who knows what they're going to come up with next. Significant developments in this area on the federal level this week as top U.S. senators tried to put together a deal to resume federal payments to health insurers. President Trump, who initiated those reductions, initially said he supports the agreement as, quote, a short-term solution so we don't have this very dangerous little period. But the president also indicated he's moving ahead to dismantle Obamacare. But a deal on even short-term federal payments is far from done because some Republicans see that measure as propping up Obamacare without providing significant health care reforms that they want. Democratic Senator Al Franken helped broker the proposal. We talked to him in Washington. Is this deal going to fly? And if it does, how soon are you guys going to vote on it? Well, uh, I hope soon uh, because we need to resolve these things as soon as possible so we can uh, get these cost-sharing payments in in time for the prices on the on the market for uh, 2018. Uh, this is a good bipartisan deal and it's good for the people of Minnesota, it's good for the uh, people of the country and it's a deal that I'm very proud that I helped negotiate in the health committee. Um, by continuing these cost-sharing payments uh, these are payments that help low-income Americans pay for their, their health care. It prevents insurance premiums uh, for everyone in the exchanges from going up an average of 20%. That's from the Congressional Budget Office, which is the nonpartisan uh, part of the, of, of the Congress that, that 
scores these things. And I'm particularly proud that I was able to push for a measure that will save hundreds of millions of dollars uh, for Minnesota in Minnesota Care, uh, which covers working families in our state. You uh, issued a statement saying very promising, that this deal was very promising. We are hearing that things are, are not quite on as fast a track, perhaps, as, as some people were hoping. What, what, what's the actual latest on it that, that you're hearing in the The latest hallways? on it is, is that uh, we're working on getting bipartisan co-sponsors for this bill. And uh, um, if we get enough, and I, I believe we will, that we will uh, go to Mitch McConnell and say, bring this to a vote. And the, uh, the argument for bringing this to the vote is exactly what I just said, which is the, this will prevent the premiums for all, every American on the exchanges. It will prevent their premiums from going, not virtually every American, going up 20%. It also happens to be very good for Minnesota. And, uh, but, you know, he, you know, Mitch McConnell would have to say, I'm not going to bring this up, even though, assuming we have the votes in the co-sponsors, that I, I'm not, I'm not going to bring this up. And it's going, I'm going to drive up, I'm personally going to drive up the uh, premiums on the exchanges by 20% nationwide. And I'm going to cost the uh, U.S. Treasury $194 billion over the next 10 years. Now, part of this is the Minnesota Care measure that you alluded to. Right. And, and the cut in Minnesota Care funding came along with the, the federal government's approval of the, uh, of the waiver for Minnesota's reinsurance program. So it was right. kind of a good exactly. news, bad news situation. But this bill that, 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 you, that you want to see move forward would, would restore that funding. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, For Minnesota care, proud, I'm talking yes. about federal funding. Exactly. I'm very proud that I was able to um, uh, get this done, push for this measure. This will save hundreds of millions of dollars for the state of Minnesota uh, in Minnesota care. Minnesota care covers uh, working families in our state. There's 100,000 uh, Minnesotans covered by Minnesota care. Uh, these are people working families. One last question, uh, and it kind of alludes back to my original one. What do you put the chances of this uh, uh, compromise bill actually moving forward, and what are, what's the timeline? What do you think the timeline will be? I'm not a prognosticator, but I uh, see a very clear path forward for this. And as far as the timeline is concerned, the sooner the better. But the proposal is not getting enthusiastic support from key Republicans. President Trump said it would, quote, get us over this intermediate hump, but later commented that he continues to believe Congress must find a solution to the Obamacare mess instead of providing bailouts to insurance companies. In between those two statements, the president tweeted, any increase in Obamacare premiums is the fault of Democrats for giving us a product that never had a chance of working. Scott? Thank you for that report, Bill, and we'll hear from MN's Bill Werner again at the end of the program. Minnesota Matters will return after this.
Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. This week's Me Too campaign on social media put the spotlight on the issue of sexual harassment, giving voice to a growing number of vulnerable victims. I recently spoke with Executive Director of the Minnesota Coalition Against Sexual Assault, Terry Walker McLaughlin, about the importance of the Me Too campaign and what she'd like to see happen next. I think the campaign is amazing, much like you just spoke to. This has blown up over 24 hours, and we are all seeing people becoming far more aware of those that have been affected by sexual harassment, sexual violence, sexual assault, many of whom we have never known. Scott, just thinking about your statement saying, I saw this come up on Facebook, I have to guess that you may have seen some people that claim me too, that you may never have guessed have been in compromising situations with this abuse of power, either sexually harassing or possibly sexual assault and rape. Am I close? Am I correct? You are correct, and uh, you know that's that's something that I I probably shouldn't be surprised by, uh, but but I am. And, and my question for you is, what what do we do with this now that this is out there and the magnitude is, I think, having an impact on people? Where do we take this uh, to make a difference? What this what the Me Too campaign is doing is letting us know that we are all bystanders to this. We see it every day. And while it is great and courageous of these women that are coming forward and speaking of this, either through Facebook and the Me Too campaign and all of the actresses that have come forth with Harvey Weinstein, what is critical to remember is those are those that are... Those are the ones that are reporting and speaking out that feel comfortable and safe to do that at this point. What we aren't hearing are those that don't feel that safety, that don't feel that comfortable, yet are victims as well. And we need to honor their right to not speak out. At the same time, what's creating this environment of safety for those that are are joining the Me Too campaign is that safety in numbers. Those that, those that have shared these experiences together and when they know that they are supported by others, reducing that power over them. So we as bystanders have to stand by and say, yes, we're aware, and yes, we won't tolerate it anymore. An example of this is Harvey Weinstein's own brother, Speaking to, I'm not certain if you've heard, but he, over the weekend, also spoke to, he's seen this abuse. He's been the victim of his brother's abuse, verbally and physically. And he spoke to, while it was a difficult situation to to speak out like this around his brother, he was the victim of that abuse of power that his brother had used against him. The same abuse of power, preying on those more vulnerable that he used against those women. And you can imagine in those in Hollywood that have been watching this happen, we've known it's happened for a long time, and we haven't necessarily demonstrated that we will stand up and we will support those that are victims of this. 
that's what I'm hoping that this campaign does. One, create a broad awareness of how many are suffering this suffering at the hand of the, uh, this abuse of power, and that those of us that see it happen need to speak up and let them know that we are support systems for them. Terry, tell me a little bit about MinCasa and what sorts of resources you have and help you provide for folks that have been victimized by sexual assault or sexual harassment in some way. MinCasa, or the Minnesota Coalition Against Sexual Assault, is a first a, a voice for victims that have suffered all sorts of sexual violence. We forward the anti-sexual violence mo- movement. We also bring forward that voice of those that are doing the work, the sexual violence and rape crisis centers across the state of Minnesota. We have 90 plus members, those that are on the ground, feet on the street, doing the work to work with victims and facilitate their increased sense of safety and seeking justice. We also work with systems change. We understand and we try to get the message out there that when we think of this as power-based violence, we know that those that are in the most power are the, those greatest, the greatest likelihood to abuse that power. Those that feel the most disempowered, marginalized communities, are those that are affected most often. And so all of the work we do is steeped in an anti-oppression movement, making sure that those that don't have the power have increased power reducing their likelihood of being victimized. Terry, if we have listeners out there that uh, that are struggling or want some help or need some help, where where can they go? They can go they they can go to they can reach us at Mincasa. Our website is m n c a s a dot org. And find there, on our website, there's tremendous amount of resources. They can certainly reach out to us at our office. That number is 651-288. Actually, they can call me directly. 651-288-7441. Or they can call 651-209. Nine 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 three. That's our office number, and we can connect them with the services that they may be interested in supporting or seeking throughout the state, wherever they are. Thank you to my guest, Terry Walker McLaughlin, Executive Director of the Minnesota Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. MinSure's open enrollment for health insurance is right around the corner. MNN's Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. MinSure's open enrollment period for 2018 begins November 1st and ends January 14th. Officials project rates in the individual market in 2018 will range from a decrease of 38% to an increase of less than 3%. 
Joining me now is Allison O'Toole, CEO of Minsure. Allison, is there anything consumers can be doing ahead of the open enrollment? Yeah, well, um, it's a really important time right now for consumers on the individual market in Minnesota because it's time to prepare for open enrollment. As you know, open enrollment starts November 1st, which is just two weeks away. It's going to run through January 14th this year. But there's a lot consumers can do right now to prepare to enroll. So first, um, just some housekeeping, some basic housekeeping. Make sure you can that you, you can set up a, an account, but if you have an account, Try and log in. If you can't remember your password, you can reset it right online. Um, and make sure we have updated information for you. So we, get, we have your right address. We have your right income so we know what, how much your tax credit could be. Um, things like that, just really basic things, but that will help um, make enrollment smoother. The other thing is um, we have window shopping up, as you mentioned. That is a really important tool right now. It helps consumers start thinking about their options, getting their arms around what they might choose. Um, And again, a really important tool two weeks out um, as people prepare for open enrollment. And you know, for those listening, can you explain what open enrollment means? So that means you can make changes to your current plan and purchase a a new plans. Am am I understanding that right? That's right. So open enrollment uh, through Minsure um, is for Minnesotans on the individual market. So about that 5% slice of the state that's either self-employed or doesn't otherwise get uh, insurance through their employer. So maybe some early retirees, the entrepreneurs in our state. Um, For those folks, they have from November 1st to January 14th to sign up for coverage, to either keep their same coverage that they have or choose something different. Um, And, you know, part of the process is to make sure they have the information they need. And that window shopping is so important because they start to understand what their options are and maybe they want something different this year. Maybe a, a doctor network has changed and they want to change their plan. This is their opportunity to do that. Um, we have navigators and brokers all over Minnesota ready to help consumers with this decision too. Um, and I always really suggest it's a complicated decision and um, you know, again, networks change a little bit each year, so get some help with it. Make sure you're um, getting the best plan um, for yourself and your family. And Allison, you know, I have to ask this question, and you know, a lot can change between even now and, and when this uh, uh, program yeah. runs, but I know there's a lot of people kind of on edge with uh, what's happening in Washington, D.C., with uh, talk of ending subsidies, uh, things like that. Any advice or anything you can uh, uh, tell us at this point? Yeah, I th- you know, we're watching that, too. And the most important thing for consumers to know right now Um, Minnesotans on the individual market is that the Affordable Care Act is still the law of the land. It is in place, which means we are here to help. We have assisters all over this this state ready to help. And the financial assistance, those tax credits, um, are still in place. The tax credits, on average, um, we have about two-thirds of our enrollees receiving tax credits. Those tax credits are averaging about more than $7,000 a month, um, and that's real money for Minnesota families. That help is still there. And so do you think it's fair to say that, th- that these tax credits will be in place for at least through 2018, or can't we even confirm that? 
That's right. I think, you know, they are in place right now for people buying um, for coverage for uh, the next calendar year. So 2018, that's right. Well, lots of good information, Allison. Anything else that you wanted to add today that maybe I didn't bring up? Yeah, well, you know, I just, I, another reminder to consumers to visit us at minsure.org. Um, try, uh, come on our website, see if you qualify for financial help, get your arms around those options for this year, and find an assister in your community that can help uh, make the decision and actually help you enroll. I think it's really important, um, and we are really excited to open our doors again on November 1st, and we'll be ready to roll and help Minnesotans. Thanks again to my guest, Allison O'Toole, CEO of Minsure. For more information on the upcoming open enrollment and to see if you qualify for tax credits, head to minsure.org. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The rivers have been running in Minnesota after an autumn with more rain than usual, something MN's Bill Werner had a close look at recently while on vacation. I think I might have learned something about hydrology, and maybe even a little bit about life, on a recent visit to Minnesota's North Shore. My friend and I had pretty much exhausted the standard repertoire for excursions along rivers and up sides of mountains in the immediate vicinity and decided instead to explore creek and shoreline at, of all places, a recently completed rest area along storied Highway 61, that long-enduring gateway to the wilds of Minnesota and Canada. Turns out the creek we chose was barely a trickle, at least as North Shore streams go, ending in what seemed to be a stagnant pool a rod or so from the lake itself, leaving a generous isthmus which could be portaged without even dampening a shoe. Now, these current conditions offered a wonderful opportunity to walk a river. And I don't mean alongside a river, but actually right up the middle of it, partway toward the source, if it could even be pinpointed, perhaps many miles away. This exercise actually takes a fair amount of brain power, as it is often a delicate task of scouting out stone and pebble, potential perching points among the rivulets, planning your path and designating left foot here, right foot there, and so on and so forth, even as the water rushes all around you. But the risks are low because the flow is slow, and very soon a certain joy in the day and place begins to take hold. As one haltingly progresses up the creek, an opposite direction of gravity, which is pulling water down to the lake. Water, which we can now see over the eons, has patiently carved a path through tilted layers of sandstone after first conquering the much less yielding basalt. Every now and then, one must relocate one or two of the rocks which have come loose, making them into a bridge over the rushing water, our own exercise in improvisational engineering. A necessary step in this ballet with water and stone, even as the dancers of the day breathe in air spritz with the scent of black spruce. A day or two later, we continued up the shore for a healthy dose of the towering palisades and unbroken forests of western Ontario. On the way back, we returned to that creek, I hoping to hear sounds of the gentle water again and record them to share with you here. But the intervening week of rain had now made this impossible, as once tolerant rivulets had been transformed into a torrent. 
which had bored its way through our sandbar straight into Lake Superior. I, wanting to save her memory of that all-too-recent day, was disappointed. But my friend recalled an old saying, you can't step into the same river twice. And this is true. Not only one week after a first encounter, but even one scant second later. As the fluid of life proceeds on down to the sea, so it can be brought back again in another place in time. And even if it were possible to freeze motion of the water, the mind would drift instead. Also on to that next place in time, from which finally there is no return. I don't know about you, but the next time I am by that creek, or by any other for that matter, even if it is in the dead of the night, I will again make one more feeble attempt to dance with the stones. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With stars up over your eyes A fantabulous night to make a romance Be the cover of October skies Here I just have one more moon dance with you Oh my love Can I just make some more romance with you Oh my love on a magic night Can I just have one moment dance with you, my love? Bill Werner on the Minnesota News Network. And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.